This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, my co-host, Kim, right next to me. It's me. And today, our guest is Justin Ray from Cinch, and Cinch is a CRM that you should probably be using in your auto repair shop. But before we get too far in, I want to thank our sponsors. So thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing you this episode. As shop owners, we were part of RepairPal Certified Network. You can learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Before we get started, first, I guess I should say what it is we're going to be talking about today. Throughout the years, as we have met shop owners, there's two complaints that we get from them. Number one is they can't find technicians. Number two is they don't believe the numbers out of their CRM. It is something that we are talking about with them all the time. They just don't trust the numbers. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is about in the marketing world, we refer to this as attribution. So we're going to be talking about attribution. Justin has a passion for attribution and for making it something that you can look at and you can trust. But before we get into this, I do want to say it is not our goal to make CRM companies look bad. It's to start a discussion about a very real problem. I'm not saying that every CRM out there does a poor job of this. I've not worked in all of them. But I have seen the analytics from many of them, and the numbers just don't add up. I recently met Justin from Cinch, and we had a great discussion about attribution, and I knew we had to have him on the podcast. So welcome, Justin. Thank Thank you. you for being here. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I'm excited to carry it on here. Well, you know, the funny thing is that your reputation preceded you because you've met some of our team, I think, in Apex at Vegas last year. And then you were also at Vision, which Brian and I were not present. And I know you talked to some of our team then. So we were really happy that we finally got to meet you in person and take a look at it ourselves. And so we are really excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, that was a fun time to have that conversation, show it to you outside in beautiful Puerto Rico, huh? Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. Great backdrop. So as we get started, tell us what is attribution and then what is your history with creating trustworthy attribution? Yeah, so I think from the most basic aspect, attribution is when we run a marketing campaign or we run any type of campaign that we're trying to get customers back in the door or get new customers, we want to know how valuable that is. How did it succeed? Did it accomplish its goal? And so the attribution is the results of that campaign, how much the customers came in, how many customers came in, and what the value of their transactions are, as well as the future value of those customers. And so that's really that transaction. And my history with it really just goes back to being an entrepreneur, starting businesses and trying to run those myself. And especially when you're own your own business, when you're bootstrapping or you're trying to get something started, you got to look at every dollar. How am I going to get the best bang for the buck that I'm going to get out of this? And that's really where it came down to for me is it, it all started with how am I going to make the most money myself and get pay myself the best if I'm wasting money on campaigns that I don't know or how much money I'm getting back on that. So you, you typically hear of ROI or, or ROAS, you know, return on ad spend. That's two typical numbers that people use for really determining that. But it really, too many places, it comes down to how good's your data, right? How clean's your data? What's the data integrity you have? And that becomes one of the real hard 
aspects to start really understanding those numbers. So when people are looking at their CRM and they see that an email, for example, produced $37,000 in return and they know that didn't really happen. And obviously the the bigger the company is and the more, the larger their database is and all that, well, $37,000 may not be that big of a deal. But for your average three base shop, they've got 2000 people in their database. They send out an email and that email comes back with some very large number and they're looking at it even months later in some cases and it's got this this huge number attached to it how does that happen and actually i had a really great conversation on two parts of this recently with somebody the first thing that happens is they're really just when you're sending out you're trying to track you're building a report that is trying to be the same report for every single campaign the same information and you're basically saying hey we're sending out this email to all of these people and depending on how the attribution is being tracked is it being tracked by clicks or by opens whatever it might be or may not even be just by people that are delivered if those people are returning, they're typically giving that attribution to that email. But then what if you send another email to that person or how many of those people are going to come in? If it's a broadcast email that's being sent out to all of your customers, you're going to naturally have a certain number of customers that are coming in anyway. You have people on the schedule already planning to come in that that email went out to that whether that email went out or not, they were going to come in and spend probably the same amount of money. Now, maybe there's a case for that email help them spend more once they were in the door that can get into a different level and discussion of attribution, but all of that can be tested and be put together. But when you talk about the months later conversation, I actually find that really interesting. I I was talking to actually one of our customers the other day and, and he commented, he's like, well, this email went out in July of last year and I don't see any changes in the attribution for it. And I was like, well, that's because it went out in July of last year. If somebody's opening that email today, it's not because they got the email and they opened it. It's because something else triggered them to go back into their inbox and say, hey, what was that company? Let me go look them up, find that email that went out to them. And so there's a portion of attribution, but there was some other thing that triggered that communication. And if you're doing good email communication, you probably should have reached out to that person again in the last six, you know, what's been since July, seven, eight months, right? Yeah. But it feels like a lot of the systems that are out there, they don't stop tracking at a certain point. They just keep going and going and going. Yeah. when it comes to attribution. So if I open an email today, I'm not going to make a buying decision on it six months later. How long do you feel that attribution should occur? Like how long after you send an email or a text or something like that, should you count that as something that came from that email or text? I think it really depends on your campaign and what you're doing. If you're doing a specific service campaign, right? So let's say somebody's due for a emissions or inspection and you're reaching out to them and you know that last year they had their emissions beginning of April. So you're assuming that they're probably due or maybe you are tracking, you're doing a great job and you're actually tracking when they're due and you're getting that information, putting it into your your CRM to be able to send that out. So you now send out that email, text message, trying to bring the customer back in for an emission inspection this April. Well, maybe you start to track that for 30 days, maybe even 60 days on that one. See if they come back in in April, maybe into May. But when you're looking at that attribution, you're actually looking to see, did they get a emissions or inspection done? Because if they Mm -hmm. did and you're reaching out to them and you've got them in a good campaign, that campaign shouldn't actually even be one email touch. You're going to reach out to them at the beginning of the month, check to see if they came back in. If they didn't come back in, send them another text or something midway through the month Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the month maybe send another one to them and so that first email doesn't need your attribution off of that shouldn't matter because the campaign has another touch it has two more touch points in it 
And we can see at the end, we've got 30 days after that last email. Let's see if they came back in and got their emissions. Maybe they're running late this year. Maybe they're out of town. Maybe they're trapped for cash. There's any number of reasons for that, but keep that communication going out on that. And that could be for any type of service, whether it's a 50,000, 100,000 mile service reminder or whatever case it might be. Those communications should be what you're looking for to see if you're getting an attribution, not just did they come back or did they come back? And my favorite is when people use coupon codes and did they come back and use that coupon code, Mm -hmm. right? Because who knows where they got the coupon code really from. Right. So the attribution in that case is being done on the campaign level rather than the individual communication. So at Cinch, we could do that on either level. We'll generally look at it on the campaign level, but then you can dial into that and you can look at the email or the the specific communication level. I love talking about sponsors of the podcast who have already worked with and who have used before. So today, I'm super excited to talk to you about RepairPal, which, if you didn't know, will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair, and through the recommendation of their partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. Our shop was in RepairPal's certified network, and it was great for getting new customers who were looking for more than just oil changes. The average RepairPal customer spends over $600 on their first visit. I loved it, especially because we all know that consumers still mistrust repair shops. But the millions of customers that visit RepairPal.com monthly, they trust RepairPal certified shops for their high quality and great service. And there's no fear about being overcharged. So we were able to just focus on the repair. I highly recommend you check them out. It's the way to grow your business. Go to RepairPal.com forward slash shops, get one month of service free, and save $150 off certification. I guess in the scheme of things, we don't really care. Was it this particular email that got the person to make a decision or was it this text? Because in reality, it could have been all of them together Mm -hmm. that are doing it. We just want to know that this campaign that we put together produced a return client who came in for that repair. We actually did a really cool case study that we showed that when you have two or more touch points on a specific campaign, you actually increase the likelihood the customer returns by 42%. And it's huge, right? When you start to reach out to them in more touch points. And that's multiple channels, not just multiple mm-hmm. touch points, but multiple touch points with multiple channels increases the likelihood that the customer is going to come back considerably. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not about just this one communication through this one channel at one time, but it's about the broader story. You're just validating things that we teach in our classes, which says exactly that. Years ago, the magic number was seven, seven touches now. And that was before the huge amount of digital media. Now you have messages coming at you every time you pick up your phone every time you open your computer, when you're driving down the road, the radio, every single little thing that you're looking at are touching. And so it's not surprising that that you're finding that the more touches, the more, the higher the outcome is going to be. So that's... So one of the things that we'll hear often from shop owners is that they don't want to bother people with their communications. They don't want to over communicate Mm -hmm. with them. But in your case with Sense CRM, you're doing a lot of automations and these campaigns and everything. What are you finding to be like a good number of communications within a campaign within a certain time period that it works, it brings the client back in, but it doesn't like too much. make people mad. It, it doesn't go overboard. Yeah, I think it's different based on, again, what are you communicating to the customer? You know, if somebody came in for an emission or came in for some, you know, let's just say an oil change, you do the inspection and you find out their brakes are bad. Like, well, how bad are they? Are they bad enough that they need them changed today? Or are they bad enough that maybe you should get these changed in the next three months? Those kind of change what and how much you should be communicating with somebody. And going back to that emissions inspection, 
inspection. You know somebody's going to get their emission inspection due maybe two or three times in a month might be enough to reach out to them. Shooting them multiple emails in a week, never a good idea. Definitely want to, my personal feeling is, and I don't have data to back this, but is, is no more than once a week. So one of the things that we talked about when we had our conversation in Puerto Rico was multi-channel attribution. You kind of opened my eyes there because I never really thought about the reason why some of these numbers may be so inflated that people are looking at. And you talked about how, you know, if an email is sent out and a text is sent out and the way that attribution works. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Is and, and we see this a lot. And we've tried to build tools inside of Cinch to make this very easy. It's actually something that's relatively new in the data science world is multi-channel attribution and being able to build models around that. And when I say new, it's even new enough that really big companies still are at a point where they don't have good multi-channel attribution. And one of the hardest parts is going back to the beginning of this conversation is how do you have good, clean data to be able to track that and recognize where that comes? And a real key part of that is A term that's not used very often in the automotive space yet is uh, CDP, is consumer data platforms. But those are really the key to being able to bring in data from multiple different sources and track that attribution. So what happens in a lot of these cases is you'll have one tool over here that's doing your text messaging. Then you got your Google ads over here. Then you have Facebook ads over here. And then you've got your email from CRM over here, right? And let's say you're you're just going to do an oil change reminder. Well, when somebody's due for an oil change, you're going to probably send out this campaign across all these channels for the customer. Well, once that customer comes back in, if you're using Google, you're going to have the ability to, if you're using Google's offline tracking, you get attribution here. I bring that in. I try to create a report and say, okay, Google says I got this many conversions here. Now, Facebook, I get this many here. Email tool says this. Fa- uh, text mm-hmm. message tool says this. Well, now I had four channels that were going out on this and there's definitely overlap and I'm showing ROI that adds up to maybe two and a half times my actual revenue I made in the entire shop. So how does this make sense that my oil change value came yeah. came to this and and it's because each one of those are co- you know the same customer might have been on all four campaigns maybe one customer had three maybe another customer had four maybe one other person only saw the google right what you have to be able to do is be able to have one source of truth on your customers in the communication and when you have that then you have the ability to say okay this customer had four touch points so now we're going to give 25 percent of that transaction to each of those channels this customer had three they get 33 percent goes to each of those channels that becomes a pretty heavy burden to figure out and calculate. But a very important one in this world where, as Kim said, you know, we've got touch points everywhere, every kind of channel, all kinds of places that you can have. And so that's one of those key things that we like to show and value that we can bring is that being able to understand that one customer doesn't always equal two customers. Right? Yes. So what all channels are you able to track? I mean, obviously you're able to track when you send out an email or when you send out a text message, but what else are you able to track? Yeah. So right now we can track email, text message, direct mail. We've got to Google just made some updates in their their process. So we're working on updating Google, um, Facebook, and then we have a partner audio hook. It's actually not too far up this way from where we are, but audio hook, which is a programmatic audio ads, gives you the ability to put in ads into podcasts, radio, iHeartRadio, Pandora, things like that. Ultimately, there's six channels there. And as we grow at Cinch, one of our goals is every time there's a new channel, let's try to just add that in and be able to track that. Cinch doesn't have to be the one that communicates and does it all. We just want to orchestrate the communication timing and help you understand how valuable it was. So when you're working with these shops, hearing all of those things that we just talked about, are we missing anything? There's often the you don't know what you don't know. Like, what are we not asking when it comes to CRMs in the automotive space? Is there a big hot topic, a big question that shop owners have for you or frustration when they come? Do you know what I mean? 
I think that maybe one of the things that we see, it does come back to this attribution, just maybe even a bigger one is just the flexibility to being able to do what they want to. When you get these shops that are growing faster, they're trying to do things, they, they hear these ideas and then they want to do it and they don't have a tool to be able to execute that. You know, being able to be flexible, being able to put together different campaigns is, is yeah. something that we pride ourselves on, on being able to deliver at Cinch. But really, there's so many moving parts in the marketing world today. And how do you quickly deploy a new campaign is, is yep. probably one of those broader ones. Well, let's talk about Cinch for a second or maybe even a minute. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. When we met, honestly, I'd never heard of Cinch. And I'm like, oh, it's a new CRM, but it's not a new CRM at all. The more time that I've spent with you and learned about the product, I mean, this is a, a big deal, especially in the quick loop world. But tell us a little bit about Cinch and how it came to be. And it seems like you're now kind of going after the independent aftermarket, as we would call it. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, just a little background. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Cinch is actually my seventh business. And so in the other businesses, I had times I wanted to run these marketing campaigns. I needed to understand that attribution. I needed certain things from the data and I, I didn't fully have that. In 2011, I had the opportunity to partner with some people in, in a previous business and build a simplified version of what Cinch is today, right? Something that did oil change reminders and communicated to customers when they were due or certain very static campaigns and learned and saw a lot of opportunities there and decided it was time to build something bigger that had more flexibility and started to go out. And at that time, I was like, let me try something outside of the automotive again. And so I tried carpet cleaning. And so when we actually started with Cinch, our first customer was actually, it was a quick lube, but our second customer was a carpet cleaner. And we learned that the same basic principles of being able to run these campaigns are valuable everywhere. But then I quickly realized that I don't know very much about home services <laughs> and carpet cleaning, but I know a whole lot about cars and yeah. I know about marketing to those customers. And so Cinch kind of shifted back to some of my, the things that I knew and understand and really spent the time then focusing on bringing some of the things that are really common in the world of marketers for other industries that aren't, they're not existing here, right? So the consumer data platform, marketing automation tools, right? Cinch is really more, we were viewed as a uh, CRM because that's what our competitors are. And that's what they call themselves. But Cinch is really a CDP and a marketing automation tool combined and gives that full flexibility of what people are looking for. And then additionally to my passions in the data and understanding the data science and, and how valuable is a customer? When do we predict they're going to return? What pricing sensitive are they? Those are the types of things that I get really excited about. Mm -hmm. And how do we apply those same types of things. But you have to have good, clean data. You have to have then the ability to use it. Otherwise, you're charging somebody to calculate this per pricing sensitivity for nothing because they can't use it. And so that's really where we're trying to bring all of those things that are pretty common in other spaces now into the, the yeah. automotive space. Well, as somewhat of a marketing nerd myself, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I saw the, the product and saw the automations and everything that I just want he so... He was giddy. <laughs> I want so bad to be able to do that for the shops that we work with, but you have to have that connection with the shop management software yeah. to really be able to do it well. And it was like, well, you know, I've used Infusionsoft, I've used HubSpot, you know, I've used High Level and all of these tools for ourselves that allow us to be able to do some really cool stuff with marketing. It's like out here pulling what little hair I have left out because I can't do that for my shops. And now to, you know, have a tool at our fingertips that will, you know, allow us to do that. It really does get me excited and I love what it is that. Yeah. So. Yeah. We actually had a, a fun story from that, right? Is 
a really advanced quick lube. They really love technology and they try to always push the, the boundaries. I was on a call with them the other day and they built this elaborate HubSpot automation setup that they had and, and all kinds of things. And I got on there and I was showing them and walking through the things that Cinch does and they saw the vehicle information. And they're like, oh, you have already calculated when the customers do for an oil change and what their last location was and what yada yada, right? This very specific automotive stuff. And he's like, well, we have all these automations we had to build in HubSpot to be able to make that happen. And you guys just have it right there. I don't have to like run 25 other HubSpot mm-hmm. automations to be able to, to have that data. And that's really like some of the key points, right? Is we understand the automotive space. We understand the value in, in those different data points. And we're able to deliver that as opposed to using you know, a lot of the other automation tools out there that blanketed for most of the marketing space. So somebody's out there and they want to see more. They want to view the product and everything. How do they do that? And then what industry shows will you be at this year that they might be able to meet y'all in person yeah. and take a look? We'll be at the Full Speed Grease Monkey convention next week. And then we'll be at the Car Wash Show iFlex in May. And then we have another show we have midsummer. Then we'll be Apex and SEMA in the fall, as well as I believe we just signed up for the Transformers Institute as well. Very right. good. Well, very cool. And where do people find you online and how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, cinch.io is our website and jump on there and you can request a demo or see some videos on there. Or I'm sure they can reach out to you guys and yep. start to learn more too. For sure. And go from there. So is there anything you wanted to say that you haven't said yet? Just I'd give like you to kind talk of the last, as you guys probably last, yeah. got. But <laughs> too. We love the space and you know it's really fun to get to know more and more people and we're very appreciative to be able to have the chance to be here. Well, thank you for being with us today. For those who are listening, we'll have all of those links in our show notes. You can get to that at shopmarketingpros.com forward slash podcast or on your favorite listening device. We are just one podcast that is part of a podcast network called the Aftermarket Radio Network. And you can find those other podcasts at aftermarketradionetwork.com. We hope that you'll listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.